and welcome. We are glad that you can join us on this new episode of the Positively Pro-Life podcast. Positively Pro-Life is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation and aims to bring you inspirational stories and conversation, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we seek to restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm your host, Maria Gallagher, Legislative Director of the Federation. My co-host, Remmel Tenney, Education Director of the Federation, is away this week. The pro-life movement is all about the celebration of the inherent goodness of life. So this week, it is fitting that we highlight the Celebrate Life Banquet, which benefits the life-saving, life-changing work of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation Education Fund. This amazing event will be held October 28th at the Hershey Lodge in beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania. Joining us today to discuss all things banquet are Christopher Pushaw, Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, and Debbie Heisey, our event coordinator. Welcome to Positively Pro-Life. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. Good to be here again. Chris, can you tell our listeners, what is the mission of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation? It's a big question, Maria, but I'll do my best. Uh, Essentially, what the mission of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation boils down to is that we're here to promote and rebuild the culture of life in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Our founding institutional principle is that all life is sacred from the moment of conception through natural death. So largely, we focus on issues of uh, fetal life and development, protecting fetal life, but but maternal, but offering resources to mothers as well, and also issues that concern the end of life uh, with assisted suicide and euthanasia. Uh, We've been doing this consistently for over four decades. Our mission is actually twofold. Uh, On one hand, we do a lot of political, legislative, and lobbying activity through our C4 and our political action committee. So obviously, you know a lot about that in terms of we we take meetings with legislators um, and we try to to shape policy and develop uh, connections uh, with our legislators that will help to promote the cause of life uh, at the Capitol uh, and really throughout the Commonwealth. Uh, aside aside from uh, from those activities, we also have an educational arm, our C3, where we really try to promote the, the pro-life message on podcasts such as this one. Uh, we have a variety of publications. We publish uh, Lifelines, which is basically um, our, our, our signature piece twice twice a year where we have different articles and recaps about about what it, what has been happening in the in the pro-life movement, especially in Pennsylvania, that's twice a year. We do a, a weekly online newsletter called LifeLinks, uh, which Remmel Tenney, who's our education director and normally your co-host, uh, curates. Uh, we've done a variety of speaking engagements. I know you and I have traveled throughout the Commonwealth to talk about various subjects, uh, interviews, and so forth. Um, it was an interesting time for me and, and for the Federation this year uh, to become executive director and to lead the federation through this increasingly murky world after Dobbs, uh, Dobbs uh, versus Jackson Women's Health Clinic, as we all know, last year overruled Roe v. Wade uh, and left the decision as to what uh, regime should govern the abortion decision largely to 
elected representatives at the federal and state level. Uh, this has become a challenge this year because uh, the abortion industry is really dug in, it, dug in its heels and spent millions of dollars opposing the message of life that we are committed to. Uh, if everyone remembers from last year, our election messaging really became about exceptions and not protecting the, the life and health of, of children as well as mothers. Uh, what was once deemed to be abortion was transformed into women's health care, women's health care access. And the result of this is that we have a divided assembly, a radically pro-abortion governor, and we, we had had a pre-existing left-leaning court. So currently, a, a variety of our existing Abortion Control Act, which was, which was passed all the way back in the 90s, are under attack based on that uh, political landscape. Um, and again, apart from politics, it, it, what's, what's deeply troubling is that the abortion mindset has infiltrated the popular consciousness and, and the citizens of Pennsylvania are no strangers to this. Uh, so our challenge is really to educate people and occasionally even legislators about the continuing importance of this issue and have them be able to speak and think articulately about uh, the, the importance of life and the value that the state places on childbirth. That was so comprehensive, Chris. Thank you. Uh, what are some of the top achievements of the Federation since the beginning of the year? I think most importantly, and just continuing on what I've said, um, previous podcasts, I know uh, you and Remmel have covered topics such as the chemical abortion uh, issue uh, and, the, and the various uh, levels that's gone up from the, the Northern District of Texas to the Fifth Circuit, uh, up to the Supreme Court and back. Uh, the continuing problem, I mean, now that the abortion decision is left to the states of abortion, so-called abortion tourism or abortion destinations and trafficking, uh, where, you know, underage girls can be sent or, or taken across state lines to more abortion-friendly states to have their abortions, often without parental consent. And principally, I know um, what what you've been carrying the torch since I started was was the the threatening the threats to the funding of real alternatives, which is the comprehensive uh, program that that receives state funding and is able to to um, to basically certify and reimburse different pregnancy resource centers um, throughout the Commonwealth for their for their work in helping women uh, who are who are going through pregnancies and want to choose life. So I think throughout all these crises that have, that have happened just this year, we've been a continuing and steadfast voice for life, uh, both politically and educationally throughout the Commonwealth. Uh, specifically, as I've said, Maria, you have done an, an amazing job in fighting to preserve the budgetary allocation for real alternatives, which successfully passed the Assembly. Uh, and I know that um, you know you previously had Kevin Bogata on the podcast. Uh, just just to summarize, real alternatives, has been in business for 27 years, and in that time has helped 350,000 women uh, to get through their pregnancy and up to 12 months afterward, providing them the resources they need to choose life. Um, just recently, I happened to be at the inaugural launch of the Pregnancy Wellness Collaborative that was out in Elizabethtown, where I met with a lot of pro-life leaders and a lot of executive directors of pregnancy resource centers. Now, not all of them are funded by Real Alternatives, 
but all of them did salute the work that that you're doing and indirectly uh, what the Federation is doing on that front. Uh, this goes more to include our other guest, Debbie Heisey, but we did a fantastic job of hosting the National Convention in Pittsburgh, uh, the National Right to Life Convention. Uh, the Federation is the official Pennsylvania affiliate of National Right to Life. Um, so that, again, was a pretty heady experience within my first year, but I'm blessed to have a great staff that we were able to, to help people administratively and, and just host what I thought was just a great convention that came a little bit, actually a year to the day after after the Dobbs decision issued. Um, and just more generally, I mean, we've traveled throughout the Commonwealth to, to spread uh, the pro-life message, educating different chapters. We've rebooted different chapters throughout the Commonwealth to really help the grassroots advocacy of our mission. Uh, these include the Berks and the York County chapters. Uh, you have educated legislators on the importance of having and articulating a clear voice for life in our assembly. Um, and I think, uh, finally, as, as I had mentioned, through our education director, uh, we published uh, timely and informative articles and content through our various media to give people and our members the, the resources they need to spread the pro-life message and to be armed for this battle. Debbie, what are some of your fondest memories during your time at the Federation? Well, this is my 24th year with the Federation, so there's lots of memories. Um, so many Federation banquets and conventions and National Right to Life conventions. Um, but I also fondly remember going to March for the March for Life in D.C. Um, another event that stood out in my mind was... Um, a group of us from the office was able to, we were able to attend National Right to Life's Proudly Pro-Life Banquet in uh, New York City in early 2002. I was seven or eight months pregnant with my daughter, Joy, and we were able to go to that. And it was still, 9-11 um, was fresh in everyone's mind. It was just a very moving um, trip to take to New York City mm -hmm. and to gather with other pro-lifers there. Um, another major memory was getting to meet President George W. Bush. A group of us from the office were able to go to a rally at the Harrisburg Airport, and um, one of my co-workers was able to get me up towards the front with my daughter, Joy, and the president was able to hold her, and um, that was a pretty big, pretty big deal for our, for our organization and for my family. Um, also, uh, I was not present with everybody. I work from home, so I was not with everyone when the uh, Dobbs announcement was made, but I still um, fondly remember the text messages and everything, being able to share the enjoyment and uh, excitement with everybody through texts. But um, I think my fondest memories with the Federation are just the times with my coworkers and our very many volunteers, everyone comes from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different faiths. Some are Protestant, some are Catholic. Um, we're all different ages, but we're all pro-lifers and we're all on mission to save the lives of babies. And um, I just, sometimes it can be a very um, depressing line of work, but coming together and just spending time with each other, doing some special outings or 
going to anniversary parties and getting to know each other's families and um, retirement parties and just um, spending time with each other. It just makes makes it all worthwhile. And those things stand out in my mind, just those special times with coworkers. Our staff is the best. There's no doubt about it. I agree. <laughs> Debbie, what is the greatest joy you experience as our event planner? The greatest joy when it comes to the events is when the convention, previous, previously we did conventions and now it's banquets, when they all finally come together and happen. Um, it takes a lot of work to put on these events and it's truly a team effort. Um, but it's so satisfying when all the parts come together and our atten attendees are able to not only come for a nice event, which we always want it to go off without a hitch, um, but what truly makes it special and it's my greatest joy is to see pro-lifers from across the state come together. Um, we learn from each other and we're inspired and encouraged by each other, seeing the group, large groups getting together and by our speakers and award winners. Um, that's my greatest joy is when they can, we can all gather together and um, not just have a nice event, but truly enjoy being with each other and learning and, and being an encouragement to each other. Absolutely. Now, Chris, why is the Celebrate Life Banquet so important? Well, as its name might suggest, Maria, you know, it's it's a way, as Debbie says, to commemorate the cause of life in our state in an atmosphere of good fellowship and camaraderie. And through, you know, the we're, we're known as the largest single issue pro-life organization in the state. So it's an interesting opportunity to get pro-life leaders statewide united at the banquet, along with, with our kind of grassroots leaders at, at the local level. Uh, and I think especially today, because our nation is so fractured with rhetoric back and forth uh, and and just 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 a lot of animosity politically and otherwise, I think it's especially important to do this in a peaceful and collaborative and welcoming environment where we all unite through a, co a common cause. Um, I you know, sometimes I, I talk about, you know, the people that are within the pro-life tent and outside, and certainly we invite and welcome everyone. Um, but I think it's important. I think events like this and when I used to go to the March for Life, it's important to know that, you know, we, we're not crazy for believing in the value and the sanctity of human life. Um, and sometimes, you know, the best way to, to, to re-energize and to restore your spirit is to come to events like, like the Celebrate Life Banquet. Um, I used to run the, the basically the Philadelphia chapter of the Federation and I would run banquets for 10 years. And that's, to, to Debbie's point, that's really what I took away from it, is that you feel that unity and you, and you feel that the, those synergies within the audience and just that that camaraderie with, I, I think especially with this issue, uh, really is unmatched. And to do that once a year is vitally important. Um, some of it is just to give our, our, our patrons uh, a look at the progress we've made this year. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I tried to sketch out uh, what we've been doing and the challenges we face. Um, and, and I think it's important to let people know how far we've come in, in a very short time. Um, I, of course, had had very big shoes to fill in replacing Michael Chikachopo as executive director. And, you know, Michael steered the Federation through a lot of challenging times during the Roe regime. 
Um, and, and as he had said, he, you know, when we kind of passed the torch, he said, you're going to be the first <laughs> executive director uh, after Roe has been reversed. And he actually said that before the Dobbs issue, the Dobbs opinion formally issued. Um, so I think it's important to give people a look under the hood as to what we do. Um, and, you know, it's an opportunity uh, to bring new people into the tent and to just see what we do and, and you know, whether we'd be worthy of, of their sponsorship and their help. Um, obviously, the banquet is very important for us financially, but I've always seen, you know, banquets as, as an audition tape as much as anything else. It's to showcase our work, to celebrate our work. But I think most importantly, beyond dollars and cents, it's to get people energized about life issues um, and, and principally the, the work we do for that throughout the state. Chris, what can you tell us about this year's banquet speaker? We're very fortunate to get, uh, we, we have Raymond Arroyo, who uh, is, well, actually for EWTN News, where you recently were interviewed yourself, he was the founding news director and lead anchor for EWTN. Uh, many of our listeners are obviously familiar with their work. He also is a co-host on Fox Nation's Laura and Raymond and regularly brings up issues of life uh, as a Fox News contributor. Raymond was also a speaker at the national convention we hosted in Pittsburgh, along with his EWTN colleague, Eric Rosales. So we are very, very fortunate to have Raymond uh, to, to be our, our keynote speaker. Uh, I think specifically what's, what's important and, and just keeping in mind what the purpose of our organization is, he was the very first broadcaster to bring national attention to the March for Life at EWTN. And he was the first to interview the only sitting president to attend the March for Life, which was Donald Trump. So uh, I think at this point in time, there are advantages to having a very renowned media figure to be our keynote. Uh, and we're really, really looking forward to having Raymond as, as, our, as our speaker. Debbie, what is your favorite part of banquet planning? Um, well, I'm a details person and I really enjoy helping people. So I may not be in the front of everything and at the and visible to a lot of people in the pro-life movement, but I like being behind the scenes and making things happen for others. So I, that's why I enjoy planning these banquets. And like I said, I like being able to bring people together um, in the movement. And I've gotten to meet a lot of really neat people um, from our chapters, um, from people across the state and the very many speakers that we've had. It's been enjoyable getting to meet them as well. And Debbie, who have been some of your favorite banquet speakers over the years? Oh man, so many good speakers. Um, from way back, we had uh, Jana Jensen. She was excellent. She forced and survivor. Uh, we had Michael Clancy. He was the photographer uh, who took photos of baby Samuel who had surgery in the womb. That was uh, very inspirational um, to people like Ann McElhaney who produced the Gosnell movie. Um, but I think the last three years, the speakers from our last three banquets have been probably my all-time favorite favorites. 2020, we had Ken Matthews. He was excellent and perfect for our banquet under the tent. Um, we had to have an outdoor banquet because of COVID and he was just perfect. He made a very strange year and a strange banquet, truly enjoyable um, and so encouraging. Um, 
2021, we had Rachel Campos Duffy. She was an excellent speaker, but what I enjoyed was I did get to have a little bit of time um, with her after the banquet and got to just speak with her and her daughter. So personable. They're both very nice, um, just down to earth people. And that was that was special to me. And uh, in 2022, last year, we had Dr. Ben Carson, and he was just an excellent keynote speaker. Again, very inspiring. Um, excellent. So that's just a snippet of the many, many good speakers we've had. Excellent. Chris, why should people attend the Celebrate Life Banquet? Well, to, to, to recapture Debbie's point, I was actually at the Ken Matthews, as I called it, the tent revival. Um <laughs> <laughs> kind of COVID-centric banquet that they had to have outdoor. I actually introduced uh, our longtime executive director at PHL, Martha Short, and you honored her with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, and I, and again, I just think it, it's it's an interesting, I didn't know a lot about the Federation, candidly, at the time. Um, after coming away from that banquet, uh, I, I really appreciated and understood not only the, the depth of work you do, but the breadth. Uh, PHL was a C3, so obviously I had some familiarity with spreading the pro-life message through educational media channels, uh, but I was really blown away by the work we do at the legislative level, the work you do. Um, and again, I think it's an, it's an interesting and unparalleled opportunity to see what we've been doing this year, to see the challenges we've been confronted with and I think, you know, again, it is a transition year. Uh, Dobbs really changed the landscape for abortion rights uh, in this country, so-called abortion rights. Uh, and we're really in, in the thick of a fight. And, and again, not just on a personal level that, you know, we have a new education director, we have a new executive director. Um, I think it's an important uh, way for our patrons and, and our new friends to get to meet me and to get to meet Remmel and, and, and everyone that contributes and so tirelessly, um, as you had mentioned, our staff works tirelessly to, to promote this message in every way they can. Um, and, and again, to share in that camaraderie and that fellowship, I think it's just a great opportunity. Chris, what will be some of the other highlights of this year's banquet? Uh, aside from having Raymond Arroyo, we are saluting uh, Mark Halk with our leadership award. Uh, this is the signature award that we give to someone who we believe most exemplified uh, the, the pro-life witness within the state. Uh, for anyone not familiar with Mark, uh, Mark Halk was actually a teammate of mine at Catholic University over 30 years ago. Uh, we've, we've led kind of these oddly parallel pro-life paths, but he was subjected to a pre-dawn FBI raid at his home in Bucks County. Um, last last year, uh, I think the, the Department of Justice has really ramped up its efforts to target um, pro-life leaders. Uh, this stemmed from his witness outside of a, of a Planned Parenthood clinic at 12th and Locust in Philadelphia, where I've also done, done numerous vigils. Uh, Mark also endured a federal trial that, that, that emanated from this uh, and was exonerated. And I think that, you know, to me and to our board, uh, he, he most exemplified uh, really the, his courageous witness for the pro-life cause. We couldn't think of a better person to give the award to. Uh, so we're, 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 we're very honored to have Mark uh, and, and we're, we're excited to, to hear about his witness and his pro-life activities that have been historical. 
Uh, it wasn't just that he was he was arrested for for protesting outside of a Planned Parenthood clinic. He's been doing that for over two decades. Uh, we are also blessed to introduce the new bishop of Harrisburg, Timothy Sr. Um, bishop Gaynor, the outgoing bishop of the Diocese of Harrisburg, has historically supported us. So again, I think it, the more I talk, the more I realize this banquet is really going to be about transitions. Uh, bishop Sr. will be doing our, our invocation, and we're really, really lucky to have him. Um, hopefully, we will be able to, uh, we're, we're in the process of, of revamping and upgrading our website. Hopefully, that will be able to debut uh, by October 28th. Uh, we can also showcase some of the other tools and resources that we have at our disposal. Um, and th those are just some features uh, within, within uh, the banquet that we're, we're looking to highlight. Debbie, this year's banquet will be held in Hershey, Pennsylvania. What are some yes. of the attractions there? Yes, the banquet's going to be at the Hershey Lodge. And of course, it's very close to Hershey Park, which will be um, having its weekends of Hershey Park in the dark. Um, there's also Zoo America attached to uh, Hershey Park, but you can enter that separately. Um, there's always Chocolate World. You can go on the wonderful chocolate ride and get free chocolate at the end. That's always a fun time. Um, there's the Hershey Story Museum, Hershey Gardens, lots of Hershey. <laughs> um, there's also the Antique Automobile Club of America Museum nearby. And not too far in Harrisburg is the Civil War Museum. But it's just a beautiful area to even drive around. Lots of great restaurants and things to see. And Debbie, how can people go about registering for the banquet? They can go to our website, paprolife.org, and either register online or they can download the registration form to print and fill out and mail with their payment. Um, you can also call the office uh, to register. Um, be prepared to share your credit card info to make a payment at that time, but you can call in and get registered. 717-541-0034. Um, um, you can do the same if you would like to be a sponsor and sponsor a table. You can go online to do that or call in to do that. That's wonderful. And Chris, we only have about a minute and a half left. Can you tell us what are you most looking forward to at this year's banquet? Uh, I think it's just, again, to, to showcase and highlight our mission, but most importantly, to, to synthesize what we've been saying, to give people an opportunity to uh, listen to, to um, what we do, to gather in, in, a, in a spirit of camaraderie and fellowship, and really to serve as a beacon for the pro-life movement in our state. Um, I think it's it looks to be a beautiful evening. Um, we The Hershey Lodge is a great venue, and it's a great way for friends, coworkers, colleagues, parishioners to connect, break bread and, and unite around the common and critical cause of life within our state. I neglected to mention that uh, we're gonna try to work into the program. Uh, we're at the, at the convention, the, the Pennsylvania representative to the National Right to Life uh, Oratory Contest won, uh, and we're hoping to have Claire <laughs> somewhere on the ticket. So uh, that, that's just another added feature. We're going to have to leave it there. Christopher Pouchaud, Debbie Heisey of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.